Have you ever wondered why some entrepreneurs seemingly catapult to the top in a short period of time, while others take years or even give up on their dreams? The fastest path to success is positioning yourself as an authority. Follow me on my journey to build my online dream business as I interview successful entrepreneurs, uncover marketing strategies to grow your business, and help position you as the authority. I'm Steph Shinneberry, and this is The Authority Marketing Edge. Welcome to Authority Marketing Edge. Today, my guest is Anderson Orwella. Anderson had his first entrepreneurial transaction at age six. He was born in a small town in Medellin, Colombia, and his entrepreneurial spirit continued as he moved to the U.S. seeking opportunities in different industries. He began investing in the stock market, building an equity portfolio. After leaving the corporate world in 2014, he has built his own real estate investing business, flipping over 45 properties so far, as well as creating a rental portfolio. His business has not only impacted his family, but his local community by providing jobs and quality housing. He enjoys sharing knowledge with others to inspire them to pursue their goals and dreams to have a higher quality of life. Welcome, Anderson. Well, thank you. Thank you for that introduction, uh, Steph. I really appreciate it. <laughs> I'm really excited to have you here. So um, Anderson and I met uh, several months ago, last September, uh, through Rob Dial, who has the Mind Mentor podcast, and we did some coaching with Rob. And so we've kind of both been on this uh, entrepreneurial journey together for the last several months, and it's been fun watching him so Anderson, I like to start these uh, with, can you tell us a fun fact, uh, something fun or um, unusual, maybe not related to your entrepreneurial journey of, that you could share? Uh, sure. I mean, I'll share my, my passion for aviation. Um, it's, um, it's fun. I've always, I've always, as a kid, I've always was obsessed with uh, space, the planets, the solar system, you know, all that kind of stuff. And um, I used to fly kites. I used to, um, uh, you know, fly model airplanes. Um, I did a paragliding course down in Colombia where you actually jump off of a mountain with uh, just a parachute, you know. <laughs> um, I fly small planes, um, and um, it's, it's just something cool to do, something to disconnect and yeah. just have fun, you know. Yeah, that's, that's healthy. That's awesome. Very, Thank very you. cool. So you have your pilot's license? So I have a pilot. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, right now, I'm a student, what they call a student pilot. I can fly by myself. I can't take any passengers with me. Um, but pretty soon, I'm going to be done with my private pilot um, where I can take passengers and um, actually fly more airplanes. Oh, so uh, not looking to be an airline pilot. Two of my yeah. good friends are airline pilots, and, and uh, they, they do well. They like it, but uh, I don't think it's my calling. Yeah. But I, I, it's still fun to go out there in a small airplane and buzz yeah. around the skies. Yeah, <laughs> imagine. I can't even imagine. It's not ever been something I've thought I've about. i got to take you on a ride one day. Steph. Yeah, I would love that. I would, definitely, I would definitely go. I've, I've been with some friends in like a, a helicopter ride. Actually, yeah. So anyway, that's another story. But anyway. <laughs> cool. So, um, so yeah, let's jump into this. So would you tell us a little bit about your experience of moving from Colombia to the U.S.? What, you know, what kind of cultural shock or obstacles or kind of the journey? 
Okay. Yes, absolutely. So I moved when I was 11. My parents, uh, you know, my parents decided to, they had been here before uh, without, you know, just my mom and my dad. Um, and they really liked it. They saw that there was opportunity here. Uh, so they decided to bring us over. We moved in um, December of 1995. Uh, the biggest cultural shock was it wasn't so much the culture. It was just not knowing the language. Okay. So when you move to a place that everything's new and you don't know, <laughs> you can't communicate, it's, it's very, very hard, you know. Um, on top of that, you have different cultural norms, you have different, uh, uh, behaviors, society is just different. So, um, the adaptation is, it was probably the, the, the biggest thing, but you know, as an entrepreneur, adaptation is what we do all the time. Um, so I'd say it was hard at the beginning, but then it, it started to become relatively easy, especially after you started to speak the language. Um, and you could communicate. Uh, so definitely, uh, was hard, but not, not, you know, not impossible. And, um, once you know the language, you learn the culture, then that's when I continued my, you know, seeking different, different opportunities in different industries and, you know, that kind of stuff. That's interesting. So I can't even imagine your, your first, uh, your first entrepreneurial transaction at age six. That's pretty amazing. So what, I'm curious, what was the next one after you moved here? Like, what was the first thing you did? You know what I was really, like, I was something that was very curious about the U.S. was the yard sales. To me, it was amazing that people, we don't do this in our country, but it was yeah. amazing that people on the weekend can take their stuff out to sell and you can sell. Yeah. So that's, to me, that was like, wow, you know, that's like such an amazing opportunity. So what I started doing, I had nothing to sell, obviously, but what I did start doing was buying, you know, items that I thought would have some value. Um, items that you thought you had some value, you clean them up and you resell them again, whether you sold them on eBay, where you sold yeah. them on, on Craigslist, uh, things like that. That was like uh, a kind of a, a game changer for me. Um, sometimes I gather so many items that I would have my own yard sale, you know, and, <laughs> That's and cool. they would do good because I actually had items that people wanted. So it wasn't like the huge, uh, it wasn't all my, uh, what do you call it? All my storage stuff that's been stored. No, it was, you know, right. decent items. So, yeah. um, yeah, yeah that was one of my first ones. So, um, that's interesting. You know, Gary V, if you heard him talk about this, he, he that's have. one of his suggestions on making money is to go to the yard sales and get this. Cause most people when they're, cause I've done a yard sale, it's usually because I'm trying to get rid of stuff. And I know people, everybody, you know, it's different people want different stuff. And you know, sometimes I have really good stuff and sometimes I have just stuff I just want to get rid of. Well, it's all stuff that I want to get. Like I'm cleaning out stuff to make room usually for something else. So uh, a lot of times people are giving away, some of it's junk, but some of it's really good stuff. It just, you know, like they're just basically giving it away. So you can go take the valuable stuff and resell that for, for more money. And that's one of his suggestions. So that's, uh, and that's definitely the entrepreneurial thinking like, this is good stuff. I'm going to like, you know, make a profit on this. <laughs> you know, a hundred percent. And I think more people should actually listen to that because it is a good way to actually get started, get exposure to a market, to products, learn the value, learn the demand, and just, 
you know, do what, do it, just go out yeah. there and do it. You know, um, it's amazing how much things, um, so when you come from a different culture and there's a lack of resources and when you see, you know, like in the U S there's abundance of resources and people might take some things, I'm not going to say for granted, but they, th that one item lived its lifespan within that person. It's amazing how much they're just, you know, what you just said, they're just trying to get rid of it. And all right. they need is a cleaning, a little bit of love, a little bit of let's do this improvement. And it's all of a sudden it changes the game of that one product. So, right. um, interesting. so to me, that was amazing that, you know, and then, and then you can take like right in front of your home, you can actually have a sale like that, that, that to me, that was amazing, you know? That's, so, yeah. Um, so those, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm kind of fascinated by the thinking. So, yeah. 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 So, to me that it was a very like an eye opening and my parents were right. Like, Hey, you know, it is a country that it has, it works. It has a different culture. There is more opportunity because of, you know, things like this. Right. So would you say that, uh, besides having the, the different, cause you're ha basically you come, you come in with a different perspective. So you, you can see opportunities that maybe, you know, that are right in front of our face that we don't see because we're just used to them every day that, that we might not have seen that as an opportunity, but because of your different cultural background or just because, because of your different perspective, are there other uh, things that, you know, how your culture had an influence on your entrepreneurial journey? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, the, and the biggest thing I would say is that again, the, 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 actually the amount of resources that are in front of our eyes that we don't see or we take for granted. Um, and I, I just said it, you know, when you come from a place where there's scarcity and I'll give you an example. So when we first moved here, you know, there's disposable cups, right? The red cups, there's disposable cups, there's disposable silverware. My mom would not throw those away. She would wash them and reuse them, you know? Right. Um, so you just become resourceful by doing a little bit more work. And when you have, when you have those resources and you pair them up with the right amount of tools, your results are exponential, you know, because you're seeing something that uh, nobody else or people might be seeing it, but they don't take it a step further to see, Hey, what can I do with this? Right. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. I think perspective is, I think it's so, um, such an important thing to come at things with a different perspective. And just, I think there's such a lesson here for us to, you know, we get so conditioned to looking at things one way. That's the only way we can see it. And just to think that someone from a different, it could be from a different culture or just trying to come at it from, you know, a different background of any kind can look at things differently. And sometimes it's just, we're all in our own head with stuff and we might just ask a friend to come and look at something and because they have fresh eyes on it can bring a to totally different perspective. So I think there's such a good lesson in looking at things from different angles and different perspectives to try to solve a problem or to try to come up with, with new ideas. A hundred percent. And sometimes, you know, what happens when, when we do try to look for a different perspective is sometimes we're not willing to listen. Our ego gets on our way and we think that we know what we're doing, but if you actually, you know, put your guard down, 
listen to what you're saying, that other friend or that other person that's uh, giving you a perspective, they may not be right about it. But the fact that they're giving you a different angle, you can attack the problem from, uh, you know, from, from a different angle. Right. Um, and you don't have to just ask one friend. I mean, there were, there, there's been situations um, where I ask a multiple uh, range of people, actually sometimes with different backgrounds, and it gives me a consensus of what I'm doing, okay? Right. So I know how to approach the problem from, you know, at least maybe I, w I don't know the answer, but I, I, I have, I'm going in with a different perspective. Right. I, and mm -hmm. I think that's, I think that's a good, a good way for us all to look at problems and not, not to think we have, you know, decided on the answer, but there might be something that we're, we're not seeing if we would, you know, take somebody else's, like let somebody else have a look at it as well. So. hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> so um, what, Anderson, what would you do? Uh, what would you do differently if you had to, you know, start your journey all over again? I know that kind of sometimes kind of looking back, we can see things from a different angle as well. So from your, from this perspective, what would you do? Is there anything you would do differently on your entrepreneurial journey that you've, you know? Honestly, I think uh, this is going to sound a little bit, um, maybe not so entrepreneurial, but I think there's some value to it. But sometimes to like slow down, um, it, it, sometimes I have found answers, better answers when I actually slow down and just, you know, uh, whatever you do, meditate on it, sit quietly and think about it. Um, and, and, you know, try to, try to just disarm the, e the, the ego, you know, mm -hmm. uh, think about why you're doing the things that you're doing, especially in a business as entrepreneurs, we get caught up sometimes in the money. Uh, we get caught up in, um, we're trying to prove somebody wrong. We get caught up in just different situations that um, actually veer us away from the purpose or the reason why we started. Um, right. So sometimes I think it's healthy to really actually um, just back off a little bit, listen, and, um, you know, don't, don't, don't be go, go, go all the time, you know. I agree. I have, I have, cause I have been there and I've, and I'm like, why didn't I just step back and like, because usually there's usually if I step back, there's a voice that I can, that's kind of brings me back to center and can tell me if I'm on the right track. But if I just keep going blindly because I feel like I need to keep in motion, I often get way off track <laughs> and then, you know, just taking some time. And like you said, meditating and listening to, kind of our inner uh, true north, then we can kind of stay on track or get back on track. Right. You brought up, you brought up, uh, you know, listening to your why and I, uh, you know, feel free to share this or not, but I am always interested in people's why. So, you know, uh, you know, what is your why for doing the things that you're, you know, your journey, your, your entrepreneurial journey. Okay, um, man, that is like one of the hardest questions, I think. Um, and, and that's the question that I invite your listeners, anybody to like really think about and to know. I believe that it changes, okay? I believe that it changes or you have to modify it at times. Um, but if I, look, if I look at my journey, the common pattern is, there's two common patterns. First of all, 
every time that I've sold a product, every time that I've tried to um, do an exchange with somebody, I do try to provide that, that value, okay? Um, whether if it was selling a piece of art or whatever it was, just cleaning it up, you know, really think, hey, this, looks, this is going to look very nice in somebody's home, okay? Um, and I mean, I, maybe in a different podcast, I can tell you plenty of stories where, you know, I did have those type of situations. Um, and I had, you know, the customer come back to me and tell me, Hey, it, it, you know, it looks beautiful. Can I buy another one? But anyways, nice. um, the, the, um, um, oh my God. And I just completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> That's okay. So you said there uh, were two, two different. Yeah. Your, your why changed, but there were really two different things. The first one was providing value. Correct. So de- definitely provide that value. Um, whatever you're selling, you know, whatever uh, you're trying to provide, just really think of that other person. Really try to think of that value. The other thing that I'm huge on is passive income. This is the reason why I went into real estate. This is the reason why um, I created a... Um, uh, you know, it sounds fancy on there, an equity portfolio. Um, really, all it is is just a diversified portfolio with Vanguard, you know. Um, but it, it, provide that passive income so you have that time to step back from your regular routine and find out what you really want, what you're really, what, what's your call, you know. Um, and I think it's, it's such a journey that, you can't just do it on a weekend or you can't do it when you take off vacation from work. You need more time. Um, so build, build some, build some income, build a business is going to provide some of that. Um, and eventually the gold, my, and my goal was and my why I'm going back to it, um, was so I can spend time with family or people that I love whenever I want it. And, you know, have money not be an issue. I love to travel. I love to travel. And, you know, the only way that I saw that I was going to be able to travel was definitely not by being in the corporate world. Um, and, you know, it was by having passive income. And real estate has really like provided me with, you know, that opportunity because it's probably one of the more passive ways of investing out there. So, um, so I would say is that provide that, you know, provide that value to your customers, really think about them and provide time for yourself, yourself, your family, you know, the people that you want to spend time with. I think those are both excellent wise. So I think that's, and they're, and they're real. They're not, uh, you know, I think a lot of people start this to, they think about, they want, to do this for uh, financial freedom or for money. But really, we don't really want money. We want freedom. We want freedom to, to call our own shots, to have time with our family, to have time to do the things that we want to do. I think I find that I think that's really what most people are after. And I think the value is huge because I know that for me, I like I feel like I have this calling to help people to you know, make an impact to provide value. And I, I think the two of those together are really what it's all about. A hundred percent. And you know what, let me add this word on there too. 
uh, it's the flexibility because, you know, sometimes as entrepreneurs, we do get busy. We do have stuff that we have to attend, but the way we can accommodate things to, to be where we want to be at a certain date or a certain time with no time restrictions, you know, it's, it's amazing. It's, it really is one of the biggest things that I'm thankful for. Um, just having that flexibility. Yeah. And Steph, you know, sometimes we end up actually working more that we do in a regular oh. jobs or corporate jobs. Yeah. But at the same time, there's a better feeling when you're done with your day. There's a better yeah. feeling. You wake up the next day. You don't feel like you're going to work. You don't dread yeah. it. You know? Yeah, exactly. So. You love what you're doing. And so and you know that you're making an impact both for the value that you're providing other people, but also for your family and for yourself. And I yes. think there is something like, it's so much easier to jump out of bed, even if you're going to work all day on your own business, on your uh-huh. own, you know, on your own journey. So a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And that's, again, let me just go back to this one point. That's the, the thing that I invite literally anybody I come across with, even family members is, Hey, search on the one thing that you love doing because that's going to start providing those things because you're going to become an expert in, in, you're going to become an expert. You're going to be, you're going to be doing what you love when you do what you love. You do it with more passion, desire, which essentially is going to turn into the money part of it. So, right. That's cool. Um, so how do you, you may not have these, but I know they come up for me uh, periodically. So how do you conquer the voices of fear and doubt? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, um, they're tricky. (laughs) (laughs) They're, they're tricky. And I think that the biggest thing, so uh, let me, let me just say this and I'll tell you a couple of things that I do that help me. Um, the best, the, the best thing is to stay grounded. Okay. So usually when you start feeling that fear and, and doubt, it's because you start to overthink things, you know, and you start to get away from your basics or the, the reason why you started. Okay. Um, we start to get wrapped in the things of the world, the things that are happening and the media and, you know, all the bad things. And we start living in, in the future, we start living by expectation and Mm -hmm. there's no, there's not a lot of power there because we don't know what's going to happen. Okay. So that's when I have to go out on a run. Okay. Move that energy. That's either in my chest or in my head because it's, you know, it's, it's worse when it's in your head. I think, you know, (laughs) Um, it's that ego trying to, you know, kind of protect you in a way, but in, in the same, it's that ego that's trying to keep you in that comfort zone. I think you froze. I like doing cardio for that. I like doing cardio for that. Um, and then just sitting quiet. Just I, whether you meditate, whether you have a blank wall to stare at, anything. I mean, I, I, it, it might sound a little bit crazy, but just quiet those, that, that, the chatter that's in your head, you know? I agree. For me, um, both of those, the two things for me are um, exercise, usually going on a bike ride or uh, 
it's amazing how much different you can feel going on about, you know, going for a run or going on a bike ride, how it just releases all that energy, but also meditation is a huge one for me. Awesome. Yeah. Great. And, and, and I think that's becoming more popular nowadays because of that. I think we're actually finally realizing like, you know, whoa, you know, we need to step back. We need to just, uh, uh, slow things down and, um, re regroup our thoughts and, and, and just go from there. But fear, my fear usually has come more when I, um, when I'm feeling, when I'm trying to live too much in the future, you know, when I'm trying to, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) When I'm thinking what's going to happen, you know, how is this meeting going to go with this new investor that I'm going to talk to? And funny thing is like, you know, we make these scenarios in our head and the next day we go to talk to that person, nothing went how you how you're in that scenario in your mind you know absolutely so there's so we, we spend so much time in the past or in the future sometimes that that's what creates some of those feelings of anxiety you know and then we don't see results sometimes so we start to get frustrated and it just becomes this vicious circle that you have right. to break right so it's, you know if we can stay in the now in our in where we are right now then you know we're not worrying about the future. We're not worrying about the past. We're actually, you know, taking action in the moment and everything is usually perfect. <laughs> it's usually okay. It's the moment that we break that and think about what we didn't do yesterday or what is the, the scenarios that might happen that usually never do. Like most of the time yeah. they don't play out that way. Like you said, we, we make up some story and um, you know, that's kind of the same thing with, with uh, limiting beliefs of, the stories that we're making about the future or things that we can't do are usually all, you know, a story. So hundred percent. No, I, I, I agree. And in what you said there about, you know, living the present moment um, it's, I think it's powerful. And I think, again, I hope I like to think that that is where some of our society, uh, some of the new trends in our society are, are doing is it's bringing you back to, to, to you, you know? Right. Um, cool. Yeah. I like these conversations. I love these conversations. (laughs) We could have made this, I could definitely could have made this a mind mindset podcast because that's what I love to talk about, but absolutely. uh, Yeah. So have you uh, discovered anything profound about yourself? Like any kind of transformations, internal transformations, emotional, spiritual transformations since beginning your entrepreneurial journey. Now I know you've been doing this for a long time since you were six years old, but yeah. It, well, it's funny that in, and, and at six years old, it's uh, what happened at six is um, I, you know, I took, so I took some guavas from my, from my grandma's yard and um, it's a fruit. It's a fruit that we have in uh, South America and I picked the best ones because I wanted to sell them. So it's kind of like, you know, when you're a kid here and you make your lemonade, lemonade stand and all that yeah. stuff. But I, I did everything on my own. I picked my own guavas. I wanted to make sure that the guavas were like the nicest guavas in the trees. Um, you know, I wanted to make a nice stand. So from that moment, and then, and then some people bought that stuff and it was mostly neighbors. And I'm thinking like, oh, wow. I, you know, at that moment, I didn't, I, at that moment I was excited because I'm like, man, people actually buy stuff. You know, that's your mindset as a kid. Now that I think about it, I'm like, 
wait, did they buy it because they, <laughs> because they just thought it was a cute thing that I was doing or they, but whatever the case was, it was a paradigm shift for me because at that age, I realized like there is a possibility, there is a transaction that can happen that has, that involves an exchange of two products and you create value, you know, right. um, you create value and you know, they get a product that they like, and then I get the money and I can go over there and, uh, um, you know, do it again. So, um, so yeah, that was a big like paradigm shift, uh, uh, uh that happened in, uh, at an early age. And there's been several of those paradigm shifts. Um, especially again, when coming to the U S and, and, uh, just seeing a different culture, a different approach to things. Um, Yes. Yeah. So I love it. And I think it's so, and we, we touched on this earlier, but it's just, just reminds me that we don't have to come from another culture. We don't have to have some major thing happen in our life to look at things from a different perspective. If we can just realize that looking at things from a different perspective can bring so much value to our business, to our life, to our problem solving, then it's something that we can, you know, start to do on a daily basis. You know what? A hundred percent. Yes, you don't. And sometimes people wait. Some there's some people that have that mindset that they have to wait for a big thing to happen for them to turn around. It doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be like that. Um, uh, uh, my reason for being successful and entrepreneur, I don't think it's because I came from that culture. I think it's because the overall trend of what I've done is just looking at things in a different way you know, yeah. Yeah. um, in a different way with a, with a different perspective. So, um, I hope that answers the, the question. Yeah, it, does. <laughs> it does. Thank you so much. So what, uh, one piece of advice, if you could only give one piece of advice to someone that was starting out on their, uh, entrepreneurial journey, what would it be? Uh, to start, just, <laughs> just start, you know, okay. whatever it is started. Okay. If it doesn't work, you're going to find out very soon. If it doesn't work, don't be hard on yourself that it didn't work, that, you know, do not be hard on yourself. Just see it as a learning experience. And I know we hear this all the time. Uh, but again, just until you actually try it and do it and it doesn't work, just go try something different, okay? But just start. Just whatever it is, go buy your first item in the, just like Gary V says, go buy your first item in the garage sale. Something could be something that you like, you know, if you like it, there's a chance that somebody else likes it too. Right. So go buy something that you like, you know, even if you spend, even if you don't make money the first time, but how I was given that story with the fruit and the stand, there's a paradigm shift when you take something and you do a transaction and you see that there is an exchange, you, you, you start to believe that, Hey, this is possible. So right. whatever it is, you know, go start, do it for them. Uh, just, just start, you know, yeah. I think that's such great advice. It's, it's, uh, it's you know, so simple. It, it's so simple, but it's so many people are thinking about it. They know there's something but they just, they can't take that first step. And I think it's a fear of failure um, or a fear that it won't work. And you know what? It probably won't work the first time. Your first entrepreneurial journey may not work, but you know, I love to go back to, you know, uh, 
like Thomas Edison, it took him like, he got the light bulb right on the 10,000th try. I mean, I don't know how, if that's really a true story, but that's, that's the story in the book. So uh, it's like, you just don't give up. He just kept coming at it from a different angle. And so, um, yeah, just start. I'm I'm familiar with that story. And and that's one of my favorite stories because when somebody questioned him on, you know, why did it take you 10,000 times to invent this? I think his response was like, no, I learn a thousand times on how not to do it. You know exactly. Exactly. So, each 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 in quotation marks failure, which is what people will call it. I fit. You know, a failure was mm-hmm. a lesson. It was a lesson on what didn't work and and to to move over and try it from a different angle. And I think that's such an important lesson. And I believe that failure only comes when you totally surrender or give up. It's when you and I don't even like the word surrender. Uh, I like the word when you quit, that's when you, that's when you have failed. Yes. Yes, absolutely. When, and, and, and again, by you starting and you're starting on a journey, like you said, it, it doesn't guarantee you're going to, uh, you, you probably are going to fail, but once you jump, jump on that journey, just continue it, you know, don't get dis- discouraged. The second thing might work better. If it doesn't work better, I can guarantee you, that you're going to have more knowledge on how, right. on how to do it. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. Let's try this. <laughs> so hundred percent. That's part of 100%. the fun of it that to me, you know, it's, that's been a beautiful thing for me to, to realize because I used to be perfectionist. I used, and I used to be that, well, I don't want to try this because I don't know if it'll work. And now it's like, well, if this doesn't work, that's okay. It just, you know, this doesn't work. And so try to, you know, try a different angle. And I just think that's, it's actually fun to me now. It's like, okay, let's just try it. (laughs) Let's just try it and see what happens. And that's how we adjust and make it. You know, I, um, I have an art background and like, so that like, I like, I'll have something in my head and I want to make it into 3d and I'll start trying. I'm like, well, that didn't work or that doesn't look good. And, so you, you know, you move around and try to get it to work. So, so man, this has been so much fun. I have really enjoyed this. Uh, I want to just invite you if there's something else that you would love to share with, you know, with the audience about anything, um, either on your journey or any suggestions. Uh, is there something I haven't asked that you would love to share? Um, well, no, Steph, and before we take off, you know, again, thank you for having me on here. I, I really enjoy one of my things now is it's just sharing the knowledge, um, just sharing the knowledge. And, and, um, so I really thank you for having me. This is a great podcast. I've listened to, uh, uh, you know, I think most of your podcasts. So, um, I'm looking for your journey on growing as well. Um, but, um, no, just let me repeat what I just said. Like, please start, do something, go out there and just do something. Don't be hard on yourselves. Don't, don't worry about what other people may think. Um, you right. know, um, cause I think that's, that's also a, a big games, uh, uh, stopper. That is a big and one. And if you're a perfectionist like you, I'm a little, I'm, I'm a perfectionist as well, but I've had to let some of that go because right. When you try to do something perfect, you you just never you just never uh, never start. <laughs> you never start. Yeah, right. you always got. There's always something that stop you. You actually talk yourself out of doing things, and you kill your motivation 
when you try to be such a perfectionist because right. your task, you start overthinking that task and your the, the, the task just seems like it's so daunting that you just never start because right. you start, you start thinking, well, I got to do this. And for this to look good, it's got to have this, this, you know, just go out there, do something that is whatever it is. Um, start with the yard sale, you know, <laughs> I love it. start with the yard sale, it. start with that, you know, whatever, whatever it is, just get started. Thank you so much. Such good advice. So Anderson, where can they, if they wanted to find, find you, if they wanted to find out more about how to invest in real estate, or if they just wanted to, to look you up and talk to you, how would they, how would they find you? Okay. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to, you can share my email for now. Um, one thing about my business, um, I grew my business in such an old fashioned, especially my real estate business, um, that all my, all my contacts and everything that I did was through just one-on-one -on -one personal relationships and, you know, networking. Um, now I'm starting to see the value. Actually, I have seen the value of social media. And I honestly have been slacking off a little bit in that area. So I am going to be putting up some, uh, some, some, uh, content on some of the, uh, social media platforms. Um, but in the meantime, you can share my email. If somebody wants to do a, um, uh, somebody wants to reach out and, and do a, a, a strategy session, I can, sure. uh, you know, definitely, um, definitely up for that. You okay. Know, I'll, so I'll they can reach out. Yes. Um, Steph, you know what? That reminds me, um, that reminds me of something too is, sure. um, do we still have time for me to say oh, something Oh, absolutely. Else? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, yeah. If they reach out to me, it's, um, you know, it's free. Um, but when you're in a business to try to get a mentor, you know, this is for your listeners. Yes. Get somebody, especially, and it doesn't have to be at the beginning, but once you get a little bit of traction, uh, once you think you wanted to, you, you, you want to go somewhere, get somebody who's done it before or reach out to somebody. If you have to pay for them, pay, okay? Absolutely. I've had mentors. I've had mentors. I spent money on mentors, and they really do catapult you to, uh, to, to a next step, you know? So, uh, that's a huge thing. I, I wish I would have said it earlier when uh, no, you asked I, me for another piece of advice. I, actually, I'm, I'm glad you said it. It's one of my big things that I, that I totally believe in. I've invested <laughs> tens of thousands of dollars in coaching and, and mentorship. And I love what Bob Proctor says and, and his, he, I, I may not get the quote exactly right, but it's for every $1 you invest in yourself, the return is 100 and that's about an average. So that's a pretty good investment. I know that I have millions coming back to me. So, <laughs> so absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, it's so true. And, and, um, I think actually, uh, so I think Warren Buffett has a similar advice and I think he says like per a thousand pages that you read or maybe a hundred, your return it gets multiplied, but I, by, I don't know how much, but it's something exponential as well. So, just get a mentor, you know, get with somebody who's done it before. It can offer some advice and, you know, continue your journey. <laughs> I love it. I love it. This is great. Yes. Well, 
Uh, I will put your email in the show notes. And if you, in the meantime, before this is released, get some, um, you know, your social media sites up and running. We'll, we'll add that in there as well. So Anderson, I really appreciate your time. This has been a really fun and informative interview. And uh, thanks guys for listening. Uh, you're listening to the Authority Marketing Edge podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you've enjoyed the show, please give us a review and I'll send over the Authority Marketing Guide, the why and how you should be positioning yourself as an authority. Again, thanks for joining us. This is Steph Shinneberry with Authority Marketing Edge.